Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome to the first episode of The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Janice. And I'm Claire. And we're thrilled to be here and thankful for you joining us on our podcasting journey. First of all, we are both breakup coaches who met during our coaching training. We connected first over our interest for helping women heal from breakups, quickly became friends, and bonded over our love of podcasts. So it was only natural that we decided to pair up and do our own. Our intention with the X-Files podcast is to be a place where people can come to get support and advice to heal a broken heart and move past the devastation of a relationship ending. We would also like to share our sorted and very crazy experiences with breakups so that you can relate, draw from in your own healing, and know that you are far from alone. The healing journey is one that we both have a lot of expertise in, and we're here to help you on your own path. In true episode one fashion, and because we plan to share a lot about our own stories, we wanted to take a few minutes to introduce ourselves and tell you why we became breakup coaches in the first place. Amazing. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Um, All right. So no one, I think, becomes a breakup coach because they're like, you know what? I do this so well. I'm just going to teach other <laughs> this people is a breeze. how to do it. Yeah, this is a breeze. I don't get why people struggle. So <laughs> I definitely identify with like the wounded healer trope um, because I've made a lot of my own mistakes. And I call them mistakes because things would have been easier for me if I hadn't done things the way I did. But if you hadn't uh, made mistakes, things would have been easier. Exactly. (laughs) So, but I can relate. Yeah. They're what, um, what have made this possible for me. Um, so I, the biggest thing that got me into breakup coaching was having the experience of trying to get over two huge loves at once because I rushed straight into a second relationship when I wasn't ready. Um, And so my specialty became helping women see and change their own unhealthy relationship patterns because I definitely had my own and that was it. (laughs) But three big relationships of my life, like, inform my coaching the most. Um, So the first one going way back in time, like eight or nine years, I had moved to a new city to be with someone that I had only been dating for a couple months. Um, Turned out to be a compulsive liar um, and did some things that were really not okay. Um, And this relationship just taught me so much about my own strength and really ignited my passion for helping women see when their relationship is dysfunctional, because it can really creep up on you. Um, So basically, if something's not okay for a stranger to do to you, then your partner should not be doing it to you. I agree. Why is that so hard? Yeah. It's like, oh, they claim to love you. And so it makes like things okay Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. should not be okay. So 
Um, I know you've experienced a lot in this area, Janice. And so, um, yeah, I really, I get your perspective on abusive relationships and this was more of like an emotionally abusive relationship than physically, but, um, pretty soon, like basically immediately after that dysfunctional relationship, when I, I just, um, I realized what the patterns were and like how extreme his reaction was to very small, insignificant things that Mm. I would do to set him off. (laughs) Um, And I was like, oh my God, this is what's happening. And I basically left the next day and never came back. Um, And how long had you been together? Uh, A year and eight months. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so it was a long, it was a longer time because, um, I was just, uh, you know, I'd never been in something like that. I didn't really know. So when he would get just really extremely angry. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I think that when you move in with someone that, that makes it so much more complicated. And also I've learned that that's a pattern with people who have some of the characteristics that you're Mm -hmm. mentioning is that they do push for the cohabitation and then everything just becomes so much more, Mm -hmm. more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they do have like control over your life and they know where you are and um, you know, like things like he, he really distanced me from my friends um, Mm -hmm. like, and would really just like, he, he just tried to turn me against like pretty much everyone in my life who wasn't someone that he could control. Classic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we were friends in high school and we lost touch because of that, just know I think about you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. I can completely relate. <laughs> well, completely. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So I lost some <laughs> friendships just from falling out of touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. So when I realized that, um, you know, most of that year and a half or more had passed with, um, small things happening, him exploding, me taking that on personally and thinking that I did it and I caused it. Um, and it was only towards the end that I realized that like, no, I'm not, I'm not responsible for someone like throwing a hammer at a wall. Like that's not something you can do. Mm -hmm. So yes. Um, so I quit, (laughs) I left that relationship. Things went pretty crazy after that um with him like showing up in places and like just a lot of stuff we can talk more about that in another episode but um very soon after that ending I kind of like suck refuge um and entered a relationship with a friend of mine um who I ended up being with for five years was engaged to for a year and a half of that he was a truly incredible guy, very calm, authentic, safe. He was exactly what I needed. The exact out opposite. He was the exact opposite. <laughs> he was <laughs> just very like, just even keel. But you know, um, I think it, it was like so much on that side that it was kind of like, let's not talk about anything emotional, mm. you know? Um, and so I processed a lot of the trauma from my previous relationship while dating him, but not really like 
being able to openly talk about it. <laughs> so it was more just like time and being like, oh, I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. Cool. Um, <laughs> Maybe burying things a little. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I I would want to talk about it and he'd be like, oh, that just makes me angry. Can we not? Can we not talk about it? So, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Amazing, amazing guy, but very mm. much not. He was just like on the polar opposite of what I had come from. So I did decide to end things with him. So I, I have broken off an engagement um, and it was hard because I felt like I was doing it for no reason. I'm like, I don't know why I'm dissatisfied. I don't know why I feel like this has reached its expiration point. Like, I just don't know why I'm doing this, but I feel like I have to. <laughs> like, And so, yeah, yeah, I was felt like I was missing out on like something like my true path, like something was something was wrong. Um, and so like the fact that I did the breaking up and there wasn't a concrete reason, I made it a hard breakup to get over because I felt like. Oh, I like did this to myself <laughs> and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did this to him and I don't know why. So, you know, that, that was, that was hard. And of course I didn't process that relationship. Of course I moved directly into my next one because I was like, that worked last time. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, that relationship was much, 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 much shorter, Um, but it was very much like love bombing, intense sharing of emotions. It was just like, oh my God, like this is, this is what I was missing. I was missing like this, this like deep connection with someone and like sharing your like internal world and like, yeah. And so it was great at first, this relationship, I like to refer to as a dumpster fire. And okay. I like to think if he was listening to this podcast, he'd probably laugh and agree as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was a huge learning experience for me. And even though it was like a, only a few months, it it was really like a transformative thing for me. That said, I think that's a really healthy way to look at it, actually. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and also that you're laughing about this particular one. I think, yeah. I think that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was, yeah, it definitely like, if you've heard of twin flames, it feels very much like a twin flame sort of situation. Yeah. We, we can talk about this whole twin flame, uh, trend in a future episode for sure. Yeah. I I've got some opinions. (laughs) Yay. I'm excited. But yeah, so this relationship is one reason why I'm so passionate about helping women stop painting those red flags green Um, because he told me exactly how fucked up he was. Okay. He told me, but I thought he, (laughs) my notes say, I thought he shit gold. So I ignored it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yes, he was just incredibly intelligent, very handsome, adored me had this magnetism to him you know and it was just like um, intoxicating yeah and especially you know coming from a long-term relationship and not feeling those beginning of a relationship like courting hormones for a long time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he had suffered a lot in his life um and like had some ptsd from serving overseas and like was upfront about that um and I would like excuse these flaws because they weren't his fault, but 
just because you see why someone acts the way they do doesn't mean it's okay for you well, to Well, I think like, it's interesting too. Um, I think it's interesting. There's a difference between getting to know someone and learning what their flaws are and having someone who you're just starting to date really want to put them out there and really highlight them. I'm wondering if that's actually a, a red flag. It was a red flag you know, like, why is it sure. so important to yeah. put that out there so much? Yeah, it was definitely a red flag. Like he very conflicted, basically like wanting love and wanting a relationship, but not feeling like he deserved it sort of thing. I think that's why he shared so much up front was he's like, these are the warning signs. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it definitely activated that that thing. And I think so many women have this where they want to save someone. It's like saving a drowning person. If you're not doing it right and you don't have the training and you don't know how to approach it, they're going to push you under and you're going to be the person who's drowning. Um, so <laughs> looking back, um, I've now learned about attachment styles and that really informs how that relationship went. Um, he literally checked off every box of avoidant um, attachment style. Um, and we will talk all about attachment styles in another episode. And you can find more of that stuff on our Instagrams as well. When we did break up, we tried to stay friends. So I have some strong opinions about that as okay. well. It definitely, I think, made the relation, uh, getting over the relationship a lot harder. Because, Imagine that. Yeah. We do now not talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for that period when we were remaining friends, um, for me, I did it. My My way of thinking about it was he has already shared literally the worst thing he could ever share with me um he broke up with me because he's in love with his ex from eight years ago but um oh dear I'm like wow. yeah and so I was like he's already like that's like the worst thing that could possibly happen and we can and he's still in my life and my thing was, is I can fully trust this person because he shared the thing that you would think most people would never share. They say with being friends with someone of the opposite gender is that they're going to want more. And I'm like, great, we did it the other way around. So we had more and now mm -hmm. we're deciding to be friends. So this is actually someone I can trust to be what they say they are to me. You know, okay. I had that, but I was, I was also definitely still in love with him. Like, so there's. There's that, but I was just happy to have him in my life at all. Um, <laughs> oh, let's torture yourself. <laughs> yeah, like let's months. torture myself. Um, it, it's we've it's all hard. done it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. As we stopped being friends, that really painful time was when I was like, I'm gonna figure this out so that I can share it with other people. When I was feeling weak and it was late at night and I really wanted to text him, I'd be like, no don't do it because you know, that's the right thing to do. And you're going to tell other people not to do this. And mm -hmm. so I used it as like, actually my motivation for doing the things that help you get over someone. Yes. So, Love it. Yeah. Um, and it totally worked. So we're good. To yeah. Go. I can relate. I had a ex a couple years back text me on my birthday after we hadn't talked in a while. And my friends were saying, you need to tell him this and that. And 
And I just said no, because I was developing my breakup uh, course at the time. And I just thought I'm not going to do the exact thing that I'm saying that others should avoid. Figuring out like a bigger reason than yourself Mm. um, can really help. And so I think if you're struggling with these things too, like maybe it is that you want to become a breakup coach or maybe it's something else. Maybe you want to have a coach. (laughs) Yeah. You want to have a coach and then you have like someone that you like every week you check in with and they're like, so did you like text him? And you're like, no. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. A little accountability. A little accountability because um, it's so easy for us to just do something that we know is going to be damaging to ourselves because we're like, fuck it. It's, it's me. I'm only hurting myself. Yeah. (laughs) Or it'll feel good in the moment. Yeah. It'll feel Mm -hmm. good in the moment. Exactly. So, um, I mentioned my mistakes to share that you aren't alone in yours. And we'll talk more deeply about our top five relationship, like quote mistakes in an upcoming episode. I'm so excited to record. Um, but I have real empathy for why we do some of the crazy things in our love lives. And I fully support personal choice. You are welcome to do any of the things (laughs) that you need to do in order to learn. I think you have to do something once to learn from it a lot of times. Um, And yeah, I think, you know, you, you control your own life. You make your own decisions. I'm going to share my story and kind of outline what can happen if you do certain things, but it's always your choice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, and then Janice and I met in the beautiful you. Coaching Yay. Academy. Beautiful you coaching Yay. Academy. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> One of many, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've been going on forever, but Janice, I know you have some just insane stories to share. yes um I will highlight two of them here but I do have more than just the two um but first of all thank you for sharing so much about your own story I think you have some really really valuable experience and insight that you can share with um other people who are going through this um so thank you and I look forward to learning a bit more because I am I have a feeling there's more in there (laughs) yeah there's definitely more Well, that's why we're doing this. So I have had, I guess, three main experiences that most influenced me eventually becoming a professional coach. So I'll give an outline of them here. Um, All of them are very complicated situations that I will provide a nutshell for. Yeah. Yeah. These are (laughs) nutshells. There's a lot of moving parts. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. So the first thing is about 10 years ago, I was divorced by, uh, or from someone who I had been with uh, for, I think seven or eight years um, altogether. So after we had been together we got together very young. I'll just say no judgment against people who get married young. But in our case, what happened was just the longer the relationship went on, it started to unravel. As I matured and became older, I just realized that I needed to help set healthy, healthier boundaries and didn't want to continue on the course that we had been on. He didn't really see it the same way. 
it's complicated, but the relationship became just health more and more unhealthy and it unraveled. I realized how unhappy I was, how much of the time and I ended it. It was, it was kind of, it was one of those, it was one of those relationships where, you know, I would get off work and like walk around my neighborhood for an hour because I didn't want to go home. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, I was very unhappy and um, yeah, decided to ask him to leave. And then we separated and of course got divorced. Although I was very relieved to be out of the relationship. It was completely devastating to me. I had never even fathomed that things would get to the point where we would separate. I never imagined my life without him. I was definitely dependent on him for a lot of things, including, you know, I think I had a lot of my identity tied up in being with him and that we were seen as this progressive kind of hippie, cool couple. People thought we were really happy. And so it was hard for me to tell people that we weren't. (laughs) So it was, yeah, very, very devastating for me. In fact, the night that I asked him to leave, when I heard that door shut, I just completely collapsed on the floor in the hallway and sobbed harder than I've ever sobbed in my life, knowing that it was probably over. Um, I was just in complete despair. I actually went online and granted this was 10 years ago and I started looking for how to heal a broken heart, breakup coaching type thing. And I didn't really find anything. However, I had an incredibly supportive community of women at the time. I was living in New York. I was involved in um, a couple different women's spirituality circles, and everybody rallied around me in this really beautiful way, mm-hmm. including one of my best friends who I spent a lot of time with, who just happened to separate from her husband at almost the exact same time. And so we talked about things a lot and it really helped me to see what she was going through. Both of our partners really, really lashed out after we ended things. And Mm -hmm. I really valued seeing that she was also going through that because one thing I'll talk about on the show is that I had gone through a couple of years of pretty severe gaslighting where I was told that anything that went wrong was because I needed help. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I knew her really well. And it, it was valuable to me to see that she was also experiencing these things and that not everything was, was my fault. Yeah. And she was also just really great and supportive. And she hooked me up with a life coach who I worked with who I still love and still value my time with. Ultimately, I ended up by getting divorced, loving myself more than I had ever in my life. It was actually, um, I I think back on those months in pretty fond way, actually. So I learned the power of positive support through a breakup. So I kind of went on with my life, more or less. And about two years later, I was in New York again. 
And I met an extremely interesting, extremely gorgeous man on New Year's Eve who was visiting a couple friends of mine. And we all went out celebrating together. It was an amazing night. We went to see Moby in concert and we ended up having what I thought was going to be a, you know, a holiday fling, uh, which it was, it was absolutely, absolutely magical, you know, stayed up all night, one night and there were, it was snowing and we tried to catch the snowflakes on our tongue and, you mm. know, like very typical. Like movie. <laughs> yes, it, it really was. So he went back overseas. I absolutely didn't expect to continue things, but while he was overseas, he continued to pursue me uh, very aggressively. And I actually found myself completely entangled in it and in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we completely fell into this love slash infatuation with one another, uh, which was exciting. But when someone pushes so hard when they barely know you, I've come to learn is a red flag. Yeah. Um, he came back to New York shortly, stayed with me. I did see some red flags at that time, but it wasn't until he convinced me to go to him in Germany a few months later that I realized he was uh, an alcoholic and within probably the first weekend started being pretty abusive, um, including making fun of me for being divorced. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) I know. I know. Not good. No. Uh, and of course I would tell anyone to get the hell out of there at that point. But as we've talked about with your story, when you've gotten to the point that you've moved in with someone, Mm -hmm. it's a lot different. I, I'd gone overseas. Uh, a lot of things happened, um, that ended up entangling me more and more in it, um, including me, um, supporting him getting through rehab, a death in the family, um, things like that. So once I was able to finally leave the situation, my life looked a lot different than it had when I got divorced. An abusive relationship isolates you from your friends and family. And the support network that I had had just two years before had pretty much dissolved in a lot of ways. So I didn't have the friends. I Real, I was very traumatized by the situation. It was um, physical abuse as well. And I really needed somewhere to kind of land while I could figure out what I was going to do next, heal. And when I looked around, I actually ended up staying with some family because I just didn't, I didn't feel like I had any other options. It yeah. complicated what went into the decision. Yeah. But I did not, I had the opposite experience of what I went through um, with my divorce, unfortunately. I, people did not understand at all why I had stayed for so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, My friends and family were very fed up with the situation by then, like completely over it. Yeah, and that's, that's so common. Like I've seen it where it's just like, you, like they know kind of what's happening. And they give advice. They're like, get out of there. Like, stop. 
And it's just like for from their perspective, it's like so hard to watch someone make decisions continually that are so bad for them. Yeah, I'd and be so they give up too. and they tune out. Yeah, and when you and um, I had actually gone back to him three times, yeah. <laughs> and the first time people were kind of like okay, and then the second not so much. The third, I mean, people were actually getting angry <laughs> about it. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, which I, I think if I was watching someone who I love do the same thing, that it, it would be frustrating for me as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, the sympathy had completely uh, eroded. People did not want me to even talk about it. And I was told continually by friends and family that the relationship had been so bad and I had been put through so much. I need not be so upset about what had happened. I really needed to put it behind me. I needed to be glad I was out of the relationship. Why was it taking me so long to get over this? When am I going to get my own apartment? You know, What is your problem? And I also experienced some just flat out victim blaming of you stayed. What did you expect? <laughs> And also that he had a drinking problem. What did you think was going to happen? So I was really devastated. I have never been diagnosed with PTSD, but I did experience what I think are some symptoms of severe weight loss, having a a really hard time being around groups. I had a hard time like driving myself places because I would startle really easily. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with all of that and also just having lots of negative messages sent to me all the time. I did not get very far <laughs> in my healing journey at all during mm-hmm. this two or three month period. In fact, I think I might've gotten worse into the whole, yeah. uh, only about three months in, two or three months into this, I had an opportunity to go overseas for just a short work trip. Obviously my living situation was pretty bad. And so I took the opportunity and I went during the first month or so I really actually started to heal from the abusive relationship. I started socializing a little bit. Um, I got involved with something called five rhythms dancing, which is kind of a form of dance therapy. I started going once or twice a week at least, and it was very, very therapeutic. I finally started to do the things that I needed to do to put it past me. I had people who were very accepting of me, Um, you know, who actually liked me and thought I was interesting, you know, there wasn't the same judgment. Um, A lot of people probably didn't even, I didn't know what had happened to me only a few months earlier. Mm -hmm. So it was good. But, and this is a but, it is not an and. (laughs) Because I had left a, a situation where there were so many people around me who weren't understanding. And then I got into a new environment where people were accepting of me, I became absolutely determined to stay overseas and hold on to what I thought I, I had. So I decided I was going to try and get residency. And what I didn't realize at the time is that I was following the same pattern as I had in the previous relationship of doing anything that I could to make it happen and giving up everything that was important to me for this thing that I thought was going to be 
my, my savior that I Mm -hmm. thought was going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And when I say I gave up everything, I really gave up everything. I, it led me to financial ruin. I completely threw away the, um, copywriting business that I had built up, um, all, all for this end goal. So because I had become so obsessed and it was, I was obsessed with getting, getting this, I ended up in some really exploitative situations to get the various visas that you need to stay. And that's this whole other complicated thing that I don't think we will cover on this show, but um, <laughs> the arrangements that I were in were completely untenable. Yeah. And I became very unhappy as well because yeah, won't go into it. And so I ended up, ended up again into a pretty deep depression and ultimately everything did implode. I mean, there was no way that the arrangements I was in were going to, um, were going to survive at all. So just like in my previous relationship, almost overnight, I lost everything. (laughs) We're talking my entire community of friends, all my money, my job, the visa that I had wanted so bad. And it was um, a rock bottom situation completely. Mm-hmm. So I was able though, because I was going through some of the things that were so similar to leaving an abusive relationship, I was able to realize, and this will sound harsh on myself, but I realized that I had made such little progress in the then five years that had taken place between the breakup and this being rock bottom. I mean, I was back in the same place. So I decided I need to get my act together. (laughs) And I also accepted that I had had a pattern of self-sabotage that had continued to repeat itself in my life and that it was time that I needed to stop. So I made the next year of my life an experiment in healing, personal growth, and a lot of contemplation about everything from things in my childhood that had led me to the marriage, things about the marriage that had led me to the abuse, things about the abuse that had led me to there. I thought about everything and I journaled about a lot. I, I learned about what it really means to use the law of attraction in your life. And that was really fun for me to, to learn. I learned about um, taking care of myself physically. And it was at this time that I decided I wanted to take what I was learning and what I had gone through and finally become a breakup coach. Yay. I developed my first coaching program during this time where I incorporated a lot of these things into it. And that was also when I decided that I would eventually do the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. I was still overseas, though, at that point. And so I also made a bit of a game out of my life of saving up the money and putting things in place to come back to the States where I am now. Um, Claire and I happen to also both be in Denver, which is another cool part of the story. (laughs) And we're both transplants, recent transplants to Denver. 
so I so ended funny. up here. And um, I think with each passing day, I've become stronger and more aware and um, more wise. I think I'm here to support others uh, because of what I've learned through a lot of trial and error in my life. I know I'm not always perfect at this, but I have tried really hard through um, the journey of the last couple of years that I just referred to, to not frame things in any way that I'm victimizing myself yeah. because these things didn't happen to me. I put exactly. myself through a lot of these things and I was driven to make some of the decisions that I made coming from um, a really misled and wounded mm -hmm. place. Yeah. And so I, you know, I take responsibility at the same, at the same time for, yeah, not, not, not recognizing that I was doing this. Um, but I have recognized and I don't think that it's ever too late and that's why yeah. I've thrown myself into this. Yeah, it's never too late. And I think like right now it's with this episode, it could be easy for someone to be like, wow, look at them. Just like this happened to me. And then this happened to me. Right. And it's like, yeah. no, we're just, that's not what we're I'm just saying. giving you some context on what has led to this point. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah, we're not <laughs> just being like, oh, I'm a victim. So no, no, yeah. not at all. Not at all. Especially yeah. with this last thing that I went through when I was overseas. Um, there's no excuse for some of the things that ended up taking place with, you know, for instance, the people I was working for. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I got into that situation because I'd left myself with so few resources. And I had put myself in a position where I was dependent on outside mm -hmm. um, circumstances, really, to get mm -hmm. what I thought I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, that's a really good observation that you have. And, you know, that's not to say, oh, you should never be dependent upon like your partner mm -hmm. or something like that. I think as humans, we do work together and we do live in community, but giving that after like establishing trust and not just being like, oh, this new person, like I just trust them because this is how it has yes, to Yes. And also knowing that you can be dependent on yourself, which I yes. think that was something that I had kind of missed along the way of divorce, abuse. I had, I had never taken the, uh, the opportunity to fully, fully, fully be reliant on just me, mm -hmm. which I definitely have now. And it's seriously it's seriously addicting. I, addicting. I love, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, love, I it. love that it's just me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so powerful. So let's talk about what you can expect from the X-Files. That's us. Um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, a lot of guidance on navigating the healing journey from two trained life coaches we will, as we have already done, but we'll continue to tell stories from our own life that will make you laugh and cry and I'm sure relate to. Yeah. And with that, the things that we've learned from our breakups that we think could help you too. Um, we are going to be bringing in various um, guest interviews with experts and quote, everyday people <laughs> to help you learn about healing and growing from your breakup. We have a lot of really cool people in our network that we're excited to bring on. Yes. Just like some incredible, incredible women right now, but like maybe in the future men. So we'll see. 
Yeah, um, I guess that's something that we'll have to explore. Yeah. I know men can use all of this. <laughs> as yeah, well. they can definitely use this too. And with my next point, this is a no judgment zone. We give advice, but relationships are complicated. You get to make your own choices. And also like based on my experience as a heterosexual female, I will say him a lot when referring to your ex. I do try to use they when I remember, but just know this advice can generally be applied to any gender on the spectrum. Yep. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, you know, I will absolutely do our best, um, but I think that's a good thing to point out. Yeah. Um, we will be doing a fun combination of episodes both together. We'll be doing solo episodes, as I said, guest episodes, and we're going to be having a lot of fun. Yep. Very excited to get to know our audience and for you to get to know us. And thank you for listening to our first episode. And we will be releasing episodes at quite a good clip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So keep your eye on this space wherever you're listening. Awesome. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. Talk soon. Bye.